All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of A Thin Line Between Love and Sports. You know, it's your boy, KG. And it's your boy, LB. How everybody doing out there? Yes, sir. So, uh, how your week been, man? It's been a while since we back on here. How your week been? Uh, the week's been good. You know, of course, you know, we're in the Metroplex, so it's been a lot of rain since we met. But uh, all in all, I have no complaints. Yeah, man, same here. It's a busy day, busy work, work life, school life. You know, just trying to get to it. Um and I'm watching a lot of sports, man, of course, and like you know, like we always do. Um, one thing that kind of caught my attention was uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant yeah. took a ride with Kerry Champion. Yes. And one thing that stood out was, you know, he had some pretty strong views about how he views America, how he views Trump, how he views youth, his city, all those type of things. And um, the next day, you had a lady from Fox News tell, you know, pretty much – to everybody in the world to say, tell LeBron to just shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. You know, when I first heard it, I was like, nah, she really just didn't say this. Like, maybe I'm just watching like a pre-recording or something and I missed, I don't know. But she said this live on air and said, LeBron James, just shut up and dribble. That's what you know what to do for her. Right. Pretty much like, just shut up and work. Like, you know, the first thing I thought of too, straight up, was the movie Life. Yeah. <laughs> when they was doing the... uh what were they doing? Building a railroad? railroad. Yeah, yeah, okay. And they told him, you know, just, uh, he asked him why he wasn't working. He just told him, you know, shut up and get back to work pretty much. Because, you know, he couldn't work because he was tired. I was tired, boss. I was so, tired, boss. It's hot. Uh, uh, so. Man, I mean, just off, just for, at face value, that was very insensitive to say something like that to any human being you know, a taxpaying adult. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's me or you or LeBron James or Kevin Durant. Uh, if anybody tells me to just shut up and do my job and not have an opinion about something that affects me personally, then I'm going to be mad. I, I, I'm going to take a lot of offense to that. So I know LeBron did. He responded. Uh, I know Kevin Durant did. And a lot of people took offense to it as they should because mm-hmm. – I mean, not trying to call it what it probably is. At the very least, it's insensitive, you know. So, right. uh, I, I I was offended by her saying that. And I think most importantly, though, it kind of sees like we're starting to really see how people are. We're trying to see them. We're trying to starting to see them for who they really are. Yeah. And I'm glad that you know this kind of brought her out of it. Like you like you said, it was insensitive, but I'm glad it came out. You know, since a lot of things, uh, the Donald Trump's been saying, people are kind of just like, people address it, but they kind of say, you know, he's the president, but now you see regular people saying it. We hearing them saying it out in the open rather than just behind closed doors. Right. And so I think it's a good thing that it happened. But but now we see how much power we have. We see how much we can really irritate somebody by saying what we feel. Yeah. Especially when we feel like we're right about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of society believes us yeah. from it. So I think it just meant a lot, too, that. Somebody from sports said it because that platform there is so huge that, you know, they can inspire so many kids that they have a voice and they can right. say these things and they can, and they're okay with it. Like LeBron didn't go to jail anything for it, Mm-mm. you know? And, and um, he really didn't say anything about Donald Trump <sighs> that was like, you know, personally damaging, you know, he just said Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if we look at the history of Donald Trump, 
not just in his presidency, but, you know, through the businesses he had coming up through the 80s and things like that, the people that he left by the wayside, um, you can make that assumption that he really doesn't give a shit about people. He only cares about who or what can help or benefit him. You know, his campaign was, you know, it was founded on that whole premise of um, if you with me, you with me, if you're not with me, then, you know, to hell with you, you know. Right. And that's all that, That's all LeBron said, man. He, he really didn't say anything bad, you know, and, and for her to, you know, attack him like that, it really shows mm. a lot about her as a person and, yeah. you know, how she really feels. But the thing I loved about it the most was that after LeBron said it, not only did he have the backing of Kevin Durant and everything like that, but he had the backing of the NBA. Yeah, more than you you had Adam Silver come out, which is the face of this billion dollar industry. Say, you know what I mean? They pretty much that, you know, LeBron is entitled to do say what he wants to say, and we're not going to limit him to just dribbling the basketball. And I I love that because you have more people with more power of different races, you know, coming together. So it shows that that unity, you know, and I think that's very, very important right now, man, especially everything that's going on in society. Right. And, uh, Unlike the NFL, because there are outspoken people mm-hmm. in the NFL, you know, who are really, really outspoken against, you know, social injustice. And uh, Chris Long, that plays for the Eagles, you know, he went on Twitter and made a long list of people that went to Fox with no political background and gave their support of Trump. And they didn't have a problem. Right. With them, they didn't have a problem with Kid Rock since he supported Trump saying, you know, shut up and play a guitar, shut up and sing your song. Um, but in the NBA, not only do you have players that are speaking out against these things that they feel are wrong, but you have coaches like uh, Popovich, mm-hmm. Kerr. Oh, yeah. Um, even uh, Rick Carlisle has come out and said some things. Um, Adam Silver. So that's big that – not only do you have players, but you have guys that are viewed as, you know, authoritative figures mm-hmm. speaking up on things they feel like affect uh, people that can't speak up for themselves right now. So a lot of respect to the NBA for that. And I think, man, I was, that's a great point you brought up. Like, I love what Greg Popovich said. You know, I even posted this on my Instagram about what he said about LeBron. Well, not even just – I'm sorry, not even LeBron. Let me get off of that. But he just said that the NBA is made up of black athletes – and there's a problem in America. And I, I love to hear that, especially from an older white male. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we see older white males as these, like, you know, very, almost almost the ones who are face of racism. Right. The right. older white males. You know, white, so, to, yeah. so to see Greg Popovich, this man with power, this man who has a, a big influence on a lot of people, come out and say this and defend, like, the black race, which is minorities, period. Like, I feel and, like that was amazing, man. And I don't want to cut you off or anything like no, that. you but can you name one NFL coach that has said anything remotely close to that? No. Nah, like an interview? Like interview-wise? Anyway, like like in, like interview, uh, in print? Nah. Oh, no. No, no, no. I feel like I guess the I guess the – was it the owner or the coach from the 49ers when Captain first started? But he, he really yeah. just said that, you know – We're not going to stop him. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't, like, defend them or address to say that there is a problem out there in America. Right. So no. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, he didn't. Have you heard anybody, player or otherwise, 
in baseball say anything like this? Has, has any huge baseball star? I mean, I follow baseball, uh-huh. and baseball they do have some mega stars because it's an international oh, most sport. Definitely, most definitely. Have you heard any one of them no. come out and say anything like this? No, I haven't. I heard Adam Jones, who plays for the Orioles, uh-huh. he came out and he said that. And this is when uh, you know the anthem protest had first started. He said that he will not do it mm-hmm. because he said he's no he knows that he's in a super minority right. in baseball. He know if, if I do that and I offend the wrong people, I won't play baseball. Won't play no baseball he, no said, he said I, I know what's going on out here. He didn't really just say it, but he just said he know that he can't do that. You know, being a minority, a black male American man in baseball. You know, there's a lot of black people, but. They're usually from the Dominican and stuff like yeah. that. So, and I was like, that's a, uh, damn, that's a, that's a great point. So let me ask you this. I said, so you think that, um, pretty much they're being told to like shut up and play baseball because they're from these third world countries, pretty much. Yeah. Where they're not making, they trying to feed a whole family for real, for real, yeah. a whole country in a sense. Yeah. And so they they come over here, they make good money because you know baseball, well, yeah. minimum salary cap is like. Over a million, ain't no salary cap. Well, I mean, you know, minimum pay. Yeah. My bad, minimum pay is over a million. So, damn, that's a great point you brought up, man. I never thought about it from that aspect that these baseball players they might just be quiet in a sense because they feel like they got too much to lose. I've been talking about that before in the first episode. Yeah, I mean, a lot of players feel like they have too much to lose. So, the NBA is light years ahead yeah. of all the other national sports in this country in terms man. of uh, promoting equality. I mean. You know, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, they had shoes that came out Black History Month mm-hmm. that had equality mm-hmm. written on the shoe itself. You know what I'm saying? So the NBA light years ahead of of, um, of every other sport, really maybe even a lot of other industries, period, yeah. when it comes to uh, promoting uh, equality and, and speaking up on – social injustices and and racial issues and it's a lot of things that i mean you and i uh, we're blessed to have a you know a a little bit more insight into um the way things work in the world than let's say you know someone who hasn't gone to college or someone who hasn't worked in a corporate setting or someone who still lives in a small town where you know, racism is a little bit more apparent than it would be yeah. in a metropolitan metroplex area like where we stay. So shout out to the NBA for allowing their players to say what they feel as long as it's right. Uh, the coaches speak up on their behalf. To, uh, and use that and use that platform in a sense. Yeah. And it's like uh I'll just say you know too, just said LeBron's coming out with those equality shoes to sell and all the money is going to uh proceeds are going to a organization. I forgot which one it was. So it's not even the money's not even for him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's even that's even better. But going back to baseball for a second, man, I feel like uh, I think they did make a a correct step as far as changing the Indians, Cleveland Indians, mm-hmm. changing that uh the logo, the mascot, the yeah. logo. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good uh, step in the right direction because I mean that was like racism in its purest, its purest as far as you know exploiting a certain race in a sense. Yeah, and, you know I had a discussion like this before with some. Uh, at my school, and I thought it was just a logo and like that, but then I got to talking to some people who was like, well, you know, how would you feel if it was a black face up there? You know, with like, 
a ball cap, a, a backwards cap or something like that. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of stereotypical. It's stereotypical. So, you know, uh, it makes sense. But a lot of that, you know, with the, and this is kind of venturing, you know, down a different path, but, you know, a lot of organizations uh, were able to keep their, um, like their tribal names, you know, like the Seminoles and things like mm-hmm. that. The Seminoles, they'll bring the guy out on the horse with the headdress and, you yeah. know, the bow and arrow and all that. And, you know, you have to pay for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. People don't realize that, that, you know, you know, you have to pay those specific tribes to represent them in that way. And with Cleveland mm-hmm. and especially Washington, you know, mm-hmm. the Redskins, um, you know, that if, if they say that that name is offensive to them, then it's offensive to, it's them, offensive to them. You know, and if they want you to change it, I guess legally you don't have to because, of course, you know, Dan Snyder said he's he's not. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's the NFL for you, man. You know, the NFL, it's it's a it's a jock league, man. Yeah. Like, but that's, so like I mean, but that's funny you say that about the insensitive. And I mean, cut you off. But I just heard someone on the radio about, uh, I forgot what city. I don't think, no, I wasn't here in Dallas. But they said uh, some zoo or something like that had a gorilla in a cage. Mm-hmm. And it's been there for like decades. And somebody walked by and said, "Oh, I feel that makes me. I'm, I'm that makes me feel bad or it makes me feel weird." Like a real gorilla? No, or it was like a, like it was a, a fake gorilla. Animal. Okay, like gorilla. Like you, like you walk into a zoo and you see this gorilla and it's in a cage. And yeah. somebody just like said, "That's offensive to me," and they took it down. Uh, like so, I mean, you know, as, as a as a multi million dollar industry or you know team or organization, I feel like I do. Yeah, I know you have to do. I rethink about is this really that big of a deal you know it, so it's trying times because you know everyone's walking on eggshells mm-hmm. in the attempts to not you know say the wrong thing do the wrong thing <clears throat> even right now i mean you and i we talking we trying to make sure that we're not really uh offending anyone right you know and that's natural in today's day and age so mm-hmm. i i get it and then you know sometimes it, it it costs you a lot of money to offend some people, you know, and, and not just lawsuits, but in revenues and business. Oh, of course. H&M, for example, you know, the the kid with the coolest monkey and the whatever it was called. Jungle playground, yeah. 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 And H&M, they, they lost some, some considerable considerable yeah. income so, yeah. because of that. Man, speaking of uh, sensitive times, man. I think one topic that we have to address or that's really like relevant out there is the Me Too movement. Yeah. You know, the Me Too movement. Yeah, it's very sensitive. You know, it's it's crazy that it's happened this much and I'm pretty sure it's still happening right now. You Mm -hmm. know, women are being taken advantage of because of the industry that they're in or the type of job they want to get or they just they're just interacting with these powerful men who do these things and leave them, you know, weak, you know, and can't really, and can't really just report anything or they're scared to report something because they think that, you know, they're going to get this person in trouble or whatever else. And I feel like it's crazy because, and then, you know, I guess I was oblivious to it that it was happening so much. I was like, I guess I really didn't believe it, you know? And I, and I feel like, I don't know. It's just crazy that these men are out here doing it. So I just want to talk about how is this really happening in sports? Is it happening in sports? Uh, man, it, it's yeah, it's happening. Uh, harassment it happens. So, and and just to, you know, start the conversation off. This is how 
benign it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll give an example from last week when I was at work. Uh, one of the guys I work with, you know, he has a passion for cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's his thing. So he'll tell people like, hey, you know, I'm making some gumbo tonight or, you know, I'm going to make this. And they'll ask, you know, bring me a plate or bring me a bowl, or bring me something like that. So one of the women at the job who great sense of humor, she's always laughing and joking and stuff like that. She's really funny to do same way. Um, she was like, uh, where, you know, where's my bowl? I thought you were bringing me some gumbo. And he was like, oh, you know, um, he's like, I don't got nothing for you, but you can get these nuts. You know mm. what I'm saying? And of course, you know, they kind of laughed and stuff like that. But me being me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get away from y'all because y'all not about to have me tied up in a sexual harassment case right. because I'm over here laughing and joking. And you know what I'm saying? So, um, and that's just an example of how simple something can be yeah. to two people where one person think it's cool and the woman, yes, yeah, she laughed, but what if on the inside she was embarrassed? Mm-hmm. But she's laughing because, you know, that's the thing to do when somebody says something like that. Right. And I think that's how it goes a lot of these times. You know, some of these dudes are doing some some foul stuff. And then it may be some guys that think they being funny. I think they being cool or yeah. something like that. You don't know that you really offended someone because this woman, she don't want to lose her job. But she don't want to, you know, uh, shake the boat, you know, cause waves, things like that. But I think it's really it's really definitely changing society. Um like when you go into, you know, the mass incident, you have the guy who dealing with the, uh, the girls from gymnastics. Like, it's crazy that this stuff was happening back in that time. And you just got to think about how it's scarring these these young kids or even adult women. How is scarring them? You know, they is probably keeping them from having the family that they want to have or living the life that they really want to live just because they're getting sexually harassed by this male right. who's getting away with it. Right. And I feel like that makes... That makes a man weak anytime you try to force a woman to do anything. Right. Just because especially if you know a place of power, like, man, you really can go out there and get somebody who's gonna want you just for your name. They want you, you don't have to force anything. So hey, we're gonna keep it real, is, man. You know, I know uh we try and keep it as PG as possible, but let's keep it real, man. There prostitutes are out there for you. You know, <laughs> like you don't have to force yourself on anyone, especially when you're making millions of dollars, right. you know, even though prostitution is illegal, mm-hmm. but Still, man, like so you yeah, guys just, are. Yeah, so you know, just to continue with that, man, it's just it's. I don't know. I I feel like you have to be more intentional or be more observant with the people that's in your organization, especially somebody like a Mark Cuban. Like he <sighs> he came out and you know he said he didn't know, but I, I feel like you, you try not to micromanage people. Just yeah. being in a, a position where of a, of a leadership position, you're trying to micromanage people because you want people to get upset. You want them to give them that freedom to mm-hmm. lead and grow their own ways. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta know and do that climate check for your company, your industry, yeah. whatever you work for, to see what's really going on to make sure that no harm is being brought to anybody or anybody's not feel uncomfortable or anything it's, like that. In Mark Cuban's case, especially if you are the owner and the face of it, I mean, because do you know who owns the Spurs? Me either. You know what I'm saying? So if that was happening with the Spurs and the Spurs owner came out and said, well, I didn't know. I mean, we might believe him a little bit more. But Mark Cuban, 
Everybody know who he is. Everybody know that he owns the Mavs. He's front and center in front of the Mavs. He makes it seem like he's involved in everything that's going on in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? See, so the thing is, it's like, it's 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 kind of hard to believe. I mean, I, I, I feel like I, you're supposed to believe any man for his word until he, you know, right. he's innocent until he's proven guilty. Right. But let me ask you this: If you're a billion dollar, you're a billionaire, would you give somebody complete control of something that you own? It depends. I, that's not I, me. As I guess, it, I guess it depends on the opinion. Because for me, if I'm a billionaire, like ain't no way I'm finna get somebody a portion of my company and be like, "Hey, you go run it. I'm just gonna leave it alone." But and especially the one I'm very involved in, he's right. very involved with the mass. That's like his number one source. Okay, but check this out though. All right, so I, I did some research on the guy that was at the center of you know the sexual harassment, you know, with the mass, and he wasn't a regular. CEO, a regular basketball face. You know, mm. he was highly, highly, highly decorated, extremely smart, you know, Harvard educated, you know, all of these accolades. And not only that, shit, those ones you gotta watch them both. But not only that though, they was priming and prepping him to take over for David Stern. Mm -hmm. Everybody felt like he was going to be the next commissioner of the league. And I really think the reason why he didn't become the next commissioner of the league is because he had too much dirt on him. You know, but people didn't know. And somebody brought up a great point. One of the women in the article said that she felt like Mark Cuban did not know what was going on because yeah. this guy was such a big CEO who was there before Mark Cuban even got there. He was making money. So she said Mark Cuban was only checking the bottom line and they were making dollars. Cool. Yeah. Nah, I get it. I get it. You know, I definitely get it. Like you got somebody in your corner that you can trust and they're going to run anything and he bring you major profits. If you buy money, then yeah. Yeah, he bring you major profits. So. I can kind of see, but I feel like I don't know. It's like you gotta you gotta know what's really going right. on in your organization, especially when you're the face of the brand. Right. And so I guess that kind of brings me uh to the next piece as far as that is as far as that. But I, what I was gonna say is when these accusations come up, do you put do you think you're supposed to make a swift uh a swift decision? And well, then keep in mind I said accusation. Like 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 come to like a a snap judgment like okay yeah he's guilty yeah man it, it, i mean like i said everything is a case by case basis to me you know mm -hmm. um because the most popular one where someone was i'm not going to say most popular but the most popular slash recent one especially in this area mm -hmm. was z and for the most part, everybody that I spoke to about this and asked about this, they all felt like Zeke was innocent. Yeah. You know, they felt like Zeke didn't really, you know, abuse a girl or, you know, assault a girl in any way. Um, they felt like he was just kind of being railroaded for his other actions that he was getting in trouble for. You know, you're at the uh, St. Patty's Day Parade on Lord Greenville. Like his girls going wow, you pulling down a girl's top, you know, on camera. Uh, you you the face of the cowboy, you can't do that. You get into a fight at the bar and you allegedly punch somebody out, you know, things like that all helped build this case against him, yeah. and it made it hard to dispute on his behalf. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people felt like he was innocent, mm -hmm. but a guy like um. What's the other dude that played for Dallas that was here a few years ago, a defensive end? Oh, I need something like Hardy. Yeah, Hardy. Yeah. You know, with him and, you know, his, you know, looking at him, his background, it's like, um, you probably did that, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, 
So, I mean, I'll just say as far as uh, as far as like the accusations, like I definitely agree with you on it. It is definitely case by case. And I feel like the Zeke situation, I think Jerry, you, you saw that. And Jerry's beat, people beating Jerry up over this. And Jerry was pretty much saying that, you know, he's innocent until proven mm-hmm. guilty. But, okay, so I recently recently was talking to the um, athletic director from Baylor. Yeah. And this, and this topic kind of came up in our conversation. Mm, and he said, man, times have changed so much that, you know, you know Baylor, they're on a lot of I shit know, right I now. I wish y'all could see my face right they're now. They're on a lot Baylor, of shit right now. Baylor can't talk. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he was just like, man, he said, back in the day, you know, 10, 10, 10, 15 years ago, I think that's where they probably made their mistake at. He's like, an accusation would come up and you would say, okay, I'm going to investigate it. Mm-hmm. The player would go on, keep on playing, or whatever else. He said, but now topics are so, things are happening so much now is that if anything comes up, that player's in suspension automatically. Mm-hmm. This is at the college level. And he's like, that's just how it's been now. And he's like, uh, they just have to kind of grow with it. They got to go with that change. And I think that's kind of where they messed up at because they didn't change fast enough. You know, yeah. when the stuff was coming out, they heard it and it was kind of like, oh, okay, we'll check into it and probably forgot about it or some shit or whatever. But, you know, regardless of the situation is, what do we do now? So like in professional sports, these accusations come up and it's kind of like we want things to happen, especially because, well, for, for one, you know, owner's mindset is I don't want to lose money. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't want to lose fans, the fan base, because we want to make the fans happy. And it's like, but I also want to protect my player. This is my asset or this is, you know, we brought him here. This is supposed to be our family, this and that. We want to protect him. So we don't want to throw him out to the wolves until we know for sure, like, what's really going on. Man, say, right now it looks like everybody's trying to be more safe than sorry. So if something mm-hmm. comes up, Most definitely. you know, they just erring on the side of caution and they pulling the player, you know, yeah. unless it's just something that's just completely – you know, off the wall or something like that. For the most part, I think you know uh, that they, especially in college. Yeah. In college, yes. Uh, NFL is a little harder. NBA is a little harder because these guys have contracts, mm-hmm. so it's a little different. But I think a lot of times these owners, I mean, like Adrian Payne, yeah, uh, NBA player, his name was brought up in the uh, Michigan State stuff, mm-hmm. and the Magic they got rid of him for when his name popped up. You know, right. now granted. The Magic, they're not good. They're trying to tank. And I don't think Adrian Payne was a starter. Mm. But it just shows, like, you know, that's what's going on right now. Yeah. If something happened, you know, your name attached to it, you know, your livelihood is is at risk. So I think for me, it's, uh, it's kind of in that point. You know, I, th- I feel like I definitely – I'm definitely happy that females are speaking up now. And I definitely encourage you to keep doing it. Yeah, you know, to keep doing it because you know if we're gonna if we're gonna have these players use their platform, we gotta have we gotta be able to clean the sport up first right. and put them out there. We gotta come, we gotta take the good with the bad. If you're gonna be out here good doing anything like that, let's air out this bad stuff too, and let's get these people out of this industry that's messing it up and giving it a bad name. So, uh, this is something else uh, with the whole Me Too situation that I spoke to a female friend about, and you know, I brought it to you. And we got a little bit of time to speak on it is along with the, you know, sexual harassment, assault, domestic violence, things that, you know, women are going through at the hands of athletes. But there's also a Me Too movement going on where women who are in the same position or the same roles as men, mm-hmm. they're saying that they're not being fairly compensated right. like their peers and their partners are. Yeah. And I feel like in sports, that is 
the case more so than anywhere else. That's huge. And I spoke to uh, one of my female friends about it, one of my lady friends about it. And, uh, you know, she got online and Googled up the average salary of a WNBA player. Mm -hmm. And it was $72,000 or $75,000 a season. And, I mean, I think Steph Curry may make more than that in a game. Yeah, most definitely. You know? Yeah. And I remember Hope Solo came out a few years ago when the uh, when the FIFA World Cup was going on, and she complained about the lack of support that the female USA soccer team got, even though they were winning. Yeah, uh-huh. And the men's, you know, they got all this love and support, and they was always losing, you yeah. know? And I, I think those two go hand in hand. Women, they don't get paid because they don't get the support. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Because I was just thinking about my mom straight to that is that a lot of times they try to use the excuse of, oh, well, they're not bringing in that many fans or they're not, you know, filling up arenas or something like that. I said, but you can't tell me that the NBA, if they're not masterminds at marketing. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, you, if you wanted to market the WNBA and really, really like pay these women how they're supposed to be paid or, you know, just even to up their salary, man, because. Yeah. You can do that. You have the marketing resources there to do that. You have all these experts in your field that can help bring that revenue up if you want to use it as an excuse that you're not bringing in enough money to do it. And I think, like, the more you equality comes into that, then, you know, the more support you're going to get. Right. Like, I think that only makes sense to me. And, man, you know, and I know this, some people might not feel me on this, but just being real, my niece, you know, I just got back from a, a basketball combine all women's, you know, young women's, you know, uh, yeah. junior high, early age, high school combine. And and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself and the guy they were talking and it, it didn't really dawn on me. But a female basketball player has to go four years of mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. before she goes on to the next level. And they're not getting any money. So I'm like, you know, if the NBA is as, is as progressive and they're trying to portray itself to be like we were saying earlier with, you know, political issues and the social issues and things like that. They should find a way to put some money into these women's hands because yeah. these the, the girls in the WNBA can ball. Oh, they can definitely do it. I mean, it's because um, I was talking about this too not so long ago with some people that if you go to a WNBA game, man, there's so much detail in their actual game skill set. It's crazy. It's it's. I mean, it might not be more as impressive. You might not see as much dunking and all that yeah. stuff. But as far as if you want to, if you want your kids to learn the true game of basketball, take them to a women's basketball game. You're gonna see nothing but straight fundamentals, right? You're gonna see the consistency. You're gonna see all these things that you don't really get from the NBA mm. as much. They running plays. They running sets. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like, and that's that's the part that they could focus on as far as you know. Bring it in WNBA as far and, as marketing, put out there. I'm sorry, as far as marketing them out there, keeping it a book. These women know basketball better than men. Mm-hmm. I, there's not a you know, there's an assistant NBA coach that's a woman, but I've seen where women have coached circles around guys, you know, in women's basketball, mm-hmm. you know, uh, youth sports. I've seen women. Coach circles around guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, bring up, bring up, bring up a past summit. Yeah, in the conversation. Past summit. But some, but some people who know about basketball. G- Gino uh, couldn't see Pat. Right. He had to build 
UConn up to a point to where he ain't even got a coach it no yeah. more. Pass on it, Nancy Lieber, man. Bring these names up around in some circles around yeah, people who know basketball, Stringer, all sports. All them, yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of hate when it comes to women's sports too. Yeah, uh, I think the only women athletes that get love are track and field athletes. Oh yeah, and I think it has to do with what they wear more than anything. Yeah, because Allison Felix, who's great, she dominated. And she gets a lot of love, a lot of endorsements. I think she's a Nike athlete. Mm-hmm. But do she dominate track like Maya Moore dominate the NBA? No. No. Yeah. It's, like I said, it all goes, for me, it goes back into the marketing of things. But yeah. I mean, I still love, I love how these women still go about their business and still play the game for what they do because, yeah. they, because they love it. Yeah, they're playing for the love. Yeah. It's basketball at its purest form, which is what I love the most about women's basketball, women's sports, period. You know, when you go out there and see just how much emotion is into it, like they it's on a whole different, it's on a whole different level than what you see for men. Yeah, they 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 play a lot harder. So um I definitely like that, man. Like I said, we the sports is making a lot of steps, taking a lot of steps to being very progressive. But you know, I feel like we still have some ways to go. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we're gonna get there. You know, because like these people out here, they do love sports. And we as fans, we love sports. You know, but like I said, there you go. Like as far as the title of our name, it's a thin line between a lot love, of things, man. Yeah, loving sports. Loving sports. One of those things. So just um, you know, before we close out of here, I just want to ask you, uh I, I jump it off. Okay. As far as the purpose, what is the purpose of an athlete? A professional athlete. You know, and I just want to say that I think the purpose of a professional athlete is to first and foremost be a leader out there to you know not only just youth but just to our country regardless right you know or maybe just the world i want to say the country the world you know i think i feel like kobe bryant is great at that um you had uh lebron is great at that kevin durant stephen curry all these people you know i think they're fulfilling their purpose right now but they're not forgetting to give back or mm-hmm. noticing those people who don't have the things that they have or wish they had what they have and i feel like I think that's where professional sports is going now. You yeah. know, before we felt like we couldn't interact with them at all because we couldn't connect yeah. or we couldn't live in their life. But when they reach out to us, when they speak on political things or when they just go on social media and just laugh at something that we normally laugh at, mm-hmm. it really shows us that the that they are humans. You know, and I, and Will Smith something said something very very, very influential to me that he's I guess he shared with uh, Michael Michael B. Jordan, you know, the okay. cat from Black Man yeah, Black yeah. Panther. Uh, Killmonger. Great movie. Yeah, by the way, go check it out. He told him, he was like, man, you know, you're doing some great things. He said, now get out into the world and let the people touch you so they know that you're a real person and that they can be you. Yeah. And I feel like that was powerful. What's well, been on some real shit? Yeah. So, and it was just like, and I feel like these athletes are starting to do that now. Yeah. You know, I can go out and I can see them normally doing normal things and like they're cool about it and they're interacting with us and I love it and I feel like they're fulfilling their purpose because now maybe I'm going to make it to the NBA, but I feel like I still connect with you on a different level. Right. And uh, I mean, circling back to the very beginning of our conversation with the shut up and dribble thing, Mm -hmm. that's one of the, uh, that's one of the topics LeBron brought up, you know, being accessible Mm -hmm. as a, uh, you know, athlete, famous person, uh, being relatable. And that's how he segue into his critique of Trump because he felt like Trump wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So to me, you hit the nail on the head when you said a professional athlete, and I'm gonna take it a step further. Not just a professional athlete, a a great athlete mm-hmm. at any level. Uh, you are a leader. Yeah. Okay. 
because of your athletic ability, because you are better than your peers, regardless if you want to be or not, you are a de facto leader now. Mm-hmm. People look up to you because they can't do what you do. Yeah, you know, and we we have friends. You know, we have mutual friends mm-hmm. that when we were little, they were the best at a particular sport. Yeah, and by default. We looked up to them because they were so cold. They were so good. And we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just happened that way. We followed behind them because they was the best on the court. They was the best on the field. And it just kind of happens that way. You become an alpha male. Yeah. When you have that athletic ability like that. And you need to know how to carry yourself. You need to know how to present yourself. You need to know how to handle yourself. Because now people are looking at you. People that you don't even know looking at you, they're looking at you when you become or when you show yourself to be a great athlete. So the people out there with kids, boys, girls, whatever, you know what I'm saying? If your child shows any, any athletic prowess, you need to go ahead and let them know now that, you know, you're a leader. Carry yourself as such. Yeah. I, One thing I would say there, just me personally, my – my personal, like, um, I guess you say definition of a leader is somebody like exactly what you just said is carry yourself that way, but be open to making mistakes. And if you make a mistake, be apologetic about it. Yeah. And I think that that's very important in society, especially if you're on a major platform, if you make a mistake, say, okay, cool. You're allowed to do that. You are human. It makes you human. Yes. But recognize that mistake. And I feel like, you know, just, you know, again, going back to the little LeBron thing, Early in the year when he was going off on referees, yeah. going off, going off. And at one point of the game, at the end of the game, he stepped out of bounds on a, a crucial play. And the referee called him out of bounds. And referee, I mean, LeBron went ballistic. Everybody went ballistic saying, you know, even after the game, he said he's LeBron. He's referee cheating, blase, blase. And then he went and saw the instant replay. And he said, man, I made a mistake. I was out of bounds. I was all the way out of bounds. Yeah. Like, I apologize for that. And I feel like that was very powerful. And people might not even notice that, but, you know, subconsciously, you hear that apology from this person who pretty much we see as somebody who never makes mistakes or is always right or maybe just a crybaby. But he, regardless of what it was, he was, he was apologetic about it. Man, I, I wish I could find a quote, but um, someone, I, I forgot where I heard it, but they were like, you know, uh, I'm a great leader because I can also follow. Mm-hmm. You know, so that goes to being a human and being able to admit faults or being able to admit like, okay, I'm great in all these areas. But, you know, in this particular area, this isn't my strong suit. So me as a leader, what I have to do is I have to get someone that's strong in this area where I'm weak. And it makes me a better leader because now my unit is better, whether I'm leading a company, a team, whether I'm leading the classroom, whether I'm leading, you know, just some peers or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, you have to be able to recognize your faults and lead to that, mm-hmm. you know, lead against, you know, don't let your pride get you hurt, right. or, you know, have your company uh, go under or let your team fold or, you know, let you get embarrassed on a personal level because your pride is so high and you got your chest out and you're trying to do these things that you know you can't do yeah. because you're trying to quote unquote lead how you think you're supposed to lead. And that's fine. Yeah. So like I said, and just, you know, so getting back to, you know, to the message at hand is like, man, we got to make sure that, you know, you are a leader if you're in sports, you know, people are going to love you for it, for being that, you know, it's just it's about how you carry yourself and just make sure that you are apologetic about it, 
apologetic, be be human, be uh, humble, and just continue just to keep striving to do that. And as far as if you're, even if you're a dad trying to coach your son or Ooh. whoever else in, in sports, you know, it's your responsibility to lead that child. But at the same time, if you make a mistake or a child makes a mistake, get back in the gym and y'all fix it together. Yeah. Get back in there and fix it together, man. Um, Just my last little thought on what I think the purpose or the role of a professional athlete is. Um, everybody's watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, even when they're not watching you, they're still keeping tabs on you and things like that. So uh, if any professional athlete was to hear this, or if I was able to speak to any professional athlete, I would just tell them, like, hey, man, it don't matter what you do. You are a representation of not just yourself, but of a lot of different people. You know, it's it's a lot of people that look up to these guys. So right. Most definitely. Always carry yourself like somebody's watching you, man. Yeah. All right, man. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, get up out of here. You know, sorry if we took any too much of your time or whatever, but we appreciate you tuning in. Yes. And uh, most definitely be look out, looking out for some events coming up pretty soon with us. You know, we're trying to expand. We're trying to get people together and really just talk about this and, you know, see how we can make each other better through talking about sports. Right. And um, one of the things that we're going to work on doing is uh, expanding our, our social media presence. So, like, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. Be on the lookout. We will get those uh they're up and running, but we're going to really try and make those active. So if you guys listen to this and you have feedback, you know, put it on the Facebook page, man. Yeah. That that will help us out a lot. And yes, the more eyes on that, the more we grow, the more listeners we get. And, you know, the better this thing will be. This is for us, man. So like I said, yeah, just please, if you got anything, if you got a topic you want to talk about. Yeah. Let's bring it up. Let's get to it. All right. Like I said, uh, until next time, you know. Y'all have a good one. Love y'all. See you again soon. Appreciate it.